Well, hello. It's time for Meraki Unboxed. This is the very first episode of a brand new podcast series from Cisco Meraki. Uh, my name's Simon Thompson. You can find me online at Meraki Simon on Twitter. And I'm super excited to be bringing this podcast series to you. The idea here, we want to just have some conversations with members of our team here on various different topics. Some of those will be more technical than others. And uh, today we've got a really exciting session for you talking about some of the new developments in the world of Wi-Fi 6 and what we're doing there. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. Um, for joining us today, really, really grateful to have you come along. Do subscribe to the podcast because we're going to be back every couple of weeks with new episodes for you. And uh, we've already got the next one lined up with our general manager, Todd Nightingale. So super excited to have him on that in just a couple of weeks from now. But having said all that, let's get into episode number one. And I am joined in the room today by my trusty colleague and friend, Jivan Patil, who is joining us to discuss Wi-Fi 6. Hey, Jivan, how are you doing today? Fantastic. This is a fantastic uh, Friday afternoon. I'm ready to check out on the weekend and just chill out. So, But thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. I love to talk. Somebody told me you're about to be going off on some PTO. Is that right? Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to a great uh, shutdown, uh, one whole week of shutdown for a phenomenal launch. I'm not jealous at all. But um, yeah, we should get talking to that launch as well. But before we do that, um, just tell me a little bit or tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. You know, uh, you've obviously found yourself sitting in this room with me today in front of a microphone. Lucky you. Uh, but what I'd love to do is just learn a little bit more about you and, uh, you know, tell us about your background a little bit. Absolutely. So, uh, Simon, I've spent uh, nearly last 20 years working on networking technologies. Uh, I've uh, wore the hat of an engineer. I've uh, been a product manager, and right now I'm the head of product marketing for Cisco Meraki. The number one thing that excites me is actually technology. The second part is actually customers. How do customers deploy technology and actually use every single component? That's something that inspires me, the marketing manager right now, you know, on understanding exactly uh, you know, all the different innovations in action. That's one of the best fun things about uh, product marketing, isn't it? You just get, you get to talk about the tech, but you also get to think about how folks out there are actually using it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, okay, well, we're going to talk about Wi-Fi 6 today. Are you ready? Are you feeling ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Are you excited? I am super excited. Right. 802.11ax. What's yes. not to be excited about? Right. So, I mean, this is, this is the thing which uh, we're, we're going to focus our discussion on today. We want to talk about this emerging standard, 802.11ax, uh, also known as Wi-Fi 6. And we'll get into the naming and convention and the history around that as well in a few seconds. Um, but before we get into the actual tech itself, let's just t take a moment to think about what's been going on in the market and you know what we're seeing, what our customers are telling us about how they're using the technology differently and what's driving ch uh, ongoing change in the world of uh, wireless in particular. Absolutely. So if you think about uh, you know, uh, 802.11 AC Wave 2, Simon, think about uh, what was that amendment called. That amendment was actually called as very high throughput, VHT. This is something that gives you incredible amount of throughput and much more uh, throughput than its previous generation. So what uh, you know is really happening in the market right now is you're starting to see a couple of interesting trends. We talk about virtual reality, artificial re reality, as if it's a future. It's actually here right now. I mean, just right. take a look at the MV32 camera that we launched, Simon. This is where you can wrap your head around the, you know, 
camera essentially using yeah. virtual reality technology. I saw some product people upstairs walking around with Google Cardboard things on their faces, and uh, and now I know why. We've just got an actual implementation of this ourselves. But yeah, it's pretty common out there. You see, see more and more of it. Absolutely. I mean, it's available for a very low price and it is accessible to every single person. So these kinds of technologies are actually increasing the load, providing a lot more throughput, a lot more bandwidth on the network. And this is where we require um, something that, you know, makes it even more, you know, better than the very high throughput standard. And the second part that's actually uh, really effectively true is when you think about all the different devices, like Simon, think about your own house. You've got connected everything, right, in your house. Think about any workplace. The IT and OT facilities are starting to come together. So you've got uh, connected doorknobs, you've got uh, you know, window openers, you've got a variety of different sensors in there. All of these IoT devices essentially end up being you know, connected to the same access point. And this ends up you know, making it more of a capacity, more of a high-density problem, even more than a throughput situation. Yeah, I think it's um, it's kind of fun that, that a lot of the technology that we talk about in the world of business, we're using in some form even in our personal lives. I mean, the obvious example, of course, is a smartphone. There's nobody walking around without one of those things now. And they've got their connected watches and they've got uh, their, their tablets, their laptop computers, They've and then at home, it goes on, right? There's there's people with these fancy colored lights they can change and they can stream music on multiple speakers around the house and have all these personal assistants helping them. The trend is pretty clear, right? And and so whether it's at home or in the workplace seems to be pretty much the same. Absolutely. I mean, the future is here right now. Okay, so we're going to need so more performance is what you're saying. We need more out of the Wi-Fi networks than we've been able to deliver before. And we've got to anticipate was coming as well. So um, so some of those new new technologies that might be coming up in the future a little bit more, uh, one of the ones I've heard a little bit about is IoT. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing in the world of IoT happening? So the IoT is actually a very interesting, uh, you know, technology in general. You know, first and foremost, there's a significant amount of fragmentation in there itself. You've got uh, devices can be actually Wi-Fi, they can be Bluetooth, they can be various other technologies such as Zigbee or Thread. Um, so all of these essentially end up connecting to your network and then instead of you know sending different types of traffic, it might be simply controlled traffic such as on and off. Uh, so very little traffic, very little throughput, or there might be different devices like a video camera that's actually streaming high definition video back and forth. So it's really a big fragmentation of what you see in there. And then it could be simply Wi-Fi devices, or it could be some other type of technology that's also connecting to your environment. But the big thing with this is all of these different devices, they end up sort of you know slowing down the rest of your network. So why is that? Why, why do they do that? It's it's very simple, right? I mean, just like uh, Simon, when you and I speak, when you speak, I stop and listen. And then when I speak, you stop and listen. Right. It's really like that. Wi-Fi ends up being extremely respectful. And uh, you know when anybody is speaking, it backs off and slows down. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of challenges that we have in the network from today. Right. OK, so let's let's move on to talk about this exciting new standard that's, uh, that's in development. And uh, a lot of the features and capabilities seem to be available already. Uh, so you're certainly seeing a lot of this out in the marketplace. Um, but let's talk about Wi-Fi 6. Let's talk about some of the, the cool technologies that are new that are going to help with that sort of proliferation of client devices and, of course, that overall level of throughput. 
Absolutely. So uh, Wi-Fi 6 is uh, first and foremost uh, the name that Wi-Fi Alliance has given to 802.11ax. So they've really simplified it so people like you and me can actually understand what we, what, uh, you know, right, most of us talking about. Because right? there's been like so many of these 802.11 alphabet soup things, right? We've had, let's see if I can remember them all. But I, we started with, what was the first one? B. B. B became before A, strangely right. enough. Then there was A. Then we had G. G. Uh, then N, right? Then AC, correct? Wave uh, one, uh, wave, wave one. one. <laughs> That's right. Wave one on AC, and then wave two on AC, and finally we've got this AX. It's just too much to remember. That's right. Although we just successfully remembered it, right? So that just proves we we have spent too much time at work. That's and we what. are geeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So naming convention change seems to make a lot of sense, and I think they've actually backdated it as well. So AC is now Wi-Fi five. And uh, and so in true Wi-Fi standards forms, they're thinking very much about backwards compatibility, not just in the tech, but also in the naming convention. I think that's a pretty good idea. But let's see. Let's 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 now lift the hood on Wi-Fi six. Uh, what does it do? What's special? Sure. So um, you know, if you remember, I told you about some of the challenges that are happening in the marketplace right now with the IoT devices. You know, the number of devices that come in, as well as sort of you know the need for speed, the new immersive experiences. So for that, you know, Wi-Fi 6 has actually introduced a couple of interesting technologies. There are actually quite a few of them, but I'm just going to focus on uh, two of them so that I don't put my listeners to sleep. So first and foremost is uh, OFDMA. Now, this is a mouthful, orthogonal frequency division and multiple access. What this really means... That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Do I, that again. I, I even orthogonal frequency division, multiple access. See, I did it without a mistake. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> so actually, what's amazing about this, right? I mean, think about uh, any IT administrator that's you know about to deploy a very high-density network never goes for 80 megahertz, you know, they don't even deploy 40 megahertz, they actually come down to 20 megahertz. Now, what if, you know, if you have an environment with a lot of IoT devices, each of them is a one by one, uh, you know, one spatial stream device that's actually sending on and off signals, maybe sending a little bit of data, a little bit of traffic. You know, what if a nine of these guys can actually uh, send and receive data from your access point at once? And, and this is basically what I mean by this is at once. Because usually, you know, Wi-Fi always used to operate in a manner that it's doing a time slice to you, the client, then it's sending a time slice to me, the client, and then moving on to some other, you know, client, right? I mean, so in this case, OFTMA allows you to split one single 20 megahertz channel into up to nine uh, clients can actually split the two megahertz channel each. Wow. which is incredibly powerful. That is powerful. And and it reminds me of the, the intention of multi-user MIMO as well. And, and I think one of the areas that can get a little confusing is that difference between uh, multi-user MIMO and OFDMA. Could you help us with that a little bit? Because that's, that's a tricky one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, firstly, let's talk about the benefits part of it. Um, Multi-user MIMO is something that would benefit, um, you know, very large packet sizes. So imagine if you're doing a download of a movie, you know, uh, after a recording that you and I do for a video uh, cast series, right? I mean, imagine we do that. That's something where multi-user MIMO would be incredibly useful. And this is where you can actually parallelize all of these kinds of larger streams. But on the other hand, when I give you the example of the IoT clients, 
this is where OFDMA would be incredibly useful. You know, uh, what is amazing about this, uh, Simon, is like, you know, one is doing time division multiplexing, the other one is doing frequency division multiplexing. But even people like us don't need to worry. The access point and the software actually takes care of itself. So essentially, it will figure out what kind of packet it is, what kind of stream it is, and it'll either use one or the other of them and actually help you improve your load. So I'm, I'm just thinking about this a little bit. If you've, if you've got clients, you're able to support multiple clients, able to converse simultaneously back and forth with the AP. Presumably, that means that conversations get finished more quickly. So there should be some kind of a knock-on benefit for other clients as well, right? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. So Simon, as uh, geeks would uh, tell you or me, right? I mean, it's essentially while Wi-Fi 6 gives you two new MCS rates and it gives you, um, you know, with all the 1024 QAM and other things, it gives you higher throughput. It's just 25% higher throughput. So essentially you get a four times capacity, four times the capacity with all these technologies such as OFDMA and oh. multi-user MIMO. It's simply because devices get on and off the air faster and you're sharing time slicing and simultaneously communicating with many clients at once. So let's make sure we understand this correctly because uh, with, with previous Wi-Fi standards, a lot of the benefits you really needed to have the chipset in your own device. So what happens if you've got a, an older Wi-Fi device do you see any benefit from uh, from from a Wi-Fi six environment? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Simon, uh, as you can see, that um, most of the devices out there in the market are actually Wi-Fi five and before. So, uh, this question is phenomenal for all of the listeners. So, the number one thing that you can think about is, you know, if you're a customer uh, looking to adopt an eight by eight access point, the more mouths, the more ears. You know, those are incredibly useful, right? I mean, think about this, right? I mean, when my wife asked me to take the garbage out, you know, that message does not reach my ears for some reason. <laughs> I'm watching the cricket Amazing. score, Simon. Right? I mean, you are, a, of course, you and I definitely watch cricket, right? So, essentially, you know, this is where you know there is a lot of distraction. The message does not reach my ears. Now, imagine me with eight years. There is no excuse for me not to hear that message. Mm -hmm. Now imagine my beautiful wife with eight mouths repeating the same message. There is, again, you know, uh, with that message bouncing off the walls, repeated from every mouth, you know, and reaching my eight years in various ways. I'm sure that's a story many people can relate to. <laughs> Very high reliability. Very high reliability and getting the word through. Uh, okay. So, so that's that's one thing. The other one that yeah. I was also going to sort of touch upon, Simon, is like, you know, high density. Mm -hmm. These APs are incredibly powerful, incredible. You know, I've seen hundreds of clients connect on a single access point even now. And these APs are really built for the future. Mm. That's nice. And and uh, I think you mentioned a couple of technologies you were going to touch on as well. Uh, so what was the other one you were thinking of? Today? I was thinking of uh, another technology called as target wake time. And this is a great technology. Uh, what this uh, really means, like uh, imagine if you're a client uh, connected to an access point right now. You have to wake up every 100 milliseconds and ask the access point, hey, do you have anything for me? And that seems pretty inefficient. That is incredibly painful. This is like you lose your beauty sleep. Right. <laughs> we can't have that, can we? Especially not in my case. And if you are a, a Wi-Fi client, right, this basically means you have to keep recharging it all the time. Now, whether you are an IoT client that, that sort of, you know, is running on battery, you know, this is extremely painful for you. Whether you are a smartphone, 
that's always connected, you know, looking for Twitter updates, you know, all of your Facebook updates from your friends, you know, this is incredibly painful. So what target wake time does for you is imagine the AP telling you, the client, go to sleep, Simon, and only wake up at 10 in the morning because when I have data for you, I'll wake you up. That's so cool. I love that concept. It's really easy to understand as well. And I, I can see, I mean, my smartphone, I don't know about yours, my, mine, the battery is definitely a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. But but even so, anything that can help with battery life has got to be a good thing. I, especially if you're talking about those little IT, IoT devices, I'm thinking about little widgets you stick on your refrigerator or something as simple as that. Right. Obviously, battery life there, it's it's much more of an issue to uh, to be mindful about how you use it. That's right. I mean, this thing uh, supposedly gives you the ability to sleep for many months. Uh, I've even heard somebody wow. says many years. I mean, I don't know that I need to keep my smartphone <laughs> awake for many years. but like, See if you can of... leave your smartphone alone that long. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it would be amazing. Cool. So why are we doing this now? What's, uh, what, what, what is, is there anything that's really prompting this, uh, this big change to happen at this point in time? Absolutely, Simon. So um, as you know, Cisco Meraki is really focused around simplicity and ultimately customer experience. So that's the number one thing that we focused on. So while we were playing with these uh, products, these toys in our labs for um, more than a year now, I think what we really wanted to do is to make sure that this is tested really well for our customers. So um, Simon, as you know, we've done testing with uh, hundreds of access points out in the customer environment. You know, we've seen deployments in uh, schools, in hospitals, in manufacturing environments, in campus environments, in retail uh, stores. You know, what we've seen is from hundreds of clients, I mean, from hundreds of APs and thousands of clients, all of these guys giving us data. And you know what uh, somebody like me who is like, you know, still an engineer at heart freaks out about? You know, I told you about all these technology things, Simon, a few minutes ago. Every time I hear about a new radio, I am extremely stressed out about radio resets. So it's all about like, you know, what happens if a new client tries to connect to my new radio? So why why is that a problem? It's like, I, I suppose it sounds obvious, but uh, what yeah. what do you what what's stressing you out about that scenario? So essentially, imagine if you are a client, you are connected to me, the access point. Suddenly, the radio. Uh, still shows like it's connected to the client, but it it's actually hanging. It never communicates traffic up and down. So those are the kinds of crazy things that anybody that's built an AP for the last 10 years, you know, that actually monitors that. And the way you get out of it, you actually reset your radios. Um, right. You, you sometimes uh, even have to reset your APs. Okay, we don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know about you, I like my Wi-Fi. I want it on all the time. Absolutely. As And, and many of the people actually talk about this being in the Maslow's hierarchy as being yeah. one of the top things in there. So, Simon, one of the reasons why we felt extremely comfortable is that even with thousands of clients connected to our hundreds of APs, um, you know, I actually saw an access point with over 200 clients connected in a school. And, and what was amazing about this is we have had incredible stability with the access point at this point. Mm. So really, we are not waiting for a big event or any of those things. We said, since the, um, you know, the access points seem great, they're performing well, they're incredibly stable, you know, it makes sense. So that was the number one thing. The second thing is, Simon, we are actually starting to see 
a couple of clients out in the market. So, oh, yeah. uh, who's who's uh, who's doing those? I mean, you've seen the launch at the Mobile World Congress yep. with Samsung. Oh, so this yes, is something, that's right. you know, while the rest of the world only saw this at Mobile World Congress, you know, we were actually working very closely with Samsung for many, many months. We had APs uh, testing with their clients in their environment as well as, you know, they brought up brought us a lot of new toys, you know, to play with. Nice. So what's great about this is we've gone through the worst, you know, all the way from late last year where where the product used to crash quite a bit, you know, um, and then due to various reasons. And we've gotten this to be incredibly stable, you know. So it feels even better right now than any of the Wave 2 APs that we introduced in the market last year. Wow. So, that's a that's a bold statement right there. So that so what you're telling me is that we have something to talk about here. We absolutely. have got something that's new. Uh, so let's not keep it any longer. <laughs> the, 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 the suspense is just too much. Uh, what have we brought to this marketplace? What are we what are we announcing? So firstly, let me just take a quick step back, Simon. And, and for the very first time, you know, we have actually done a joint launch with the uh, Catalyst team. So we have a joint launch of five access points, not one, not two. Uh, this is actually five new access points. So I'm incredibly proud of this. So and this is all, they're all Wi-Fi 6? All of this these are Wi-Fi 6, Simon. Oh, so, awesome. Okay. So essentially, you've got a 4x4, four four, you know, you've got an 8x8, eight eight, you've got a XOR technology. Um, and uh, from the Catalyst side, and you've got from the Meraki side, you've got the new, shiny new MR45s, which is a 4x4, and you've got the shiny new MR55s, which is a 8x8. So this is Meraki unboxed right here. Today we're unboxing effectively uh, our brand new Wi-Fi 6 access points then. So tell us more about those. What are they called? Uh, how do they differ, the models that we have, that kind of thing? Yeah, we wanted to keep it really simple for you, Simon. So everything is exactly the same, sort of, you know, as before. So a few things like uh, quad radio architecture. Meraki started this almost four years ago. Every single access point we ship, you know, actually has four radios, a 2.4 gig radio, a 5 gig radio, a dedicated scanning radio, you know, and a multilingual uh, radio, you know, supporting Bluetooth 5. And this is amazing. You know, all four radios can operate within A22.3 AT standard. And what I observed, Simon, is that every one of our switches we shipped in the last five years can actually power these APs and give you full functionality. So yeah. incredibly simple. That is a good story. Um, I think one of the interesting ones about uh, these new APs, and, and actually this is true across the industry now, is that we've... We've now got Wi-Fi that goes faster than the wired connections that come out of the back of the APs in some connect, in some cases. So how are we addressing that challenge to make sure that we don't lose any of this wonderful bandwidth that we've got in this new standard? So that's that's great. Firstly, let me just uh, recap for you. The MR45s, the 4x4s that I told you about, can actually do um, you know 2.5 uh, gigabits per second of uplink backhaul using one single cable. And then the same thing, you know, with respect to uh, the 8x8 MR55s, you can get five gigabits per second using one single uplink cable. Both of these can easily sort of be consumed by the beautiful new access switches we introduced last November. These are the MS355s, and they allow you to get the full power that you require, as well as give you up to five gig of throughput per single uplink. All right, so we've thought about everything, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good story. Yeah, we also have a great aggregation switch that's paired up with it, the MS450 series, Simon. So this is what 
uh, be introduced in February timeframe of this year itself. So the, the, one of the things that's uh, interesting about these APs, I mean, obviously, this is a podcast. We're just talking. Uh, we can't see them, which is a, a bit frustrating for our listeners, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll give you a link uh, at the end so you can go and have a look at some pictures of those. Um, but before we get to that and, and start wrapping things up, um, hey, Javon, um, what is special about these, uh, the, specifically the Cisco Meraki APs? Uh, you know, tell us, what, tell me what you're most proud of about these. What do you love about them? Um, almost everything, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick. <laughs> so, firstly, yeah, let me just sort of you know start off with uh, you know the form factor itself, right? I mean, Meraki has a unique uh, pillow top type of form factor. You know, every other sort of you know vendor has some sort of a square looking access point. You know, uh, every AP is lost among a sea of squares. You know, Meraki has a beautiful pillow top form factor, and we've continued this. In my own opinion, this actually looks like a race car, Simon. You know, just imagine this is like a race car with, like, the beautiful spoilers, you know, uh, behind. You know, think about, like, the the awesome doors that are coming up. You know, I would really look at, you know, think about imagining a race car. Let me tell you, listeners, uh, about the true story here. Uh, when these new APs were were almost ready to start telling the world all about, um, Jivan um, brought me a picture that he'd hand-drawn himself of a one of these access points looking like a race car. That picture exists, folks. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to surface it online if we'll get permission from Jivan, but I'm just telling you, that's where this comes from. It does look a bit like a race car. I like the pillow top thing, though, because I can picture that. I, I'm looking at my pillow... I'm imagining it right now. I could actually use some time on that thing. Um, but that will come later. Uh, the, the pillow top, I think, is a great analogy. It's a beautiful shape, uh, really quite distinctive, as you said. So really nice. Anything else uh, to share about the, uh, about the Wi-Fi 6 or the APs at all? Yeah, I think uh, we talked about a little bit about, um, you know, the interoperability. The number one thing that every customer cares about is when the Wi-Fi 6 phones actually hits my you know, campus environments, my distributed branch environments, are they going to work great with my APs or not? Rest assured with Meraki, they've been interoperability tested right now. Because, Simon, uh, the standard is still a few months out. You know, everything keeps changing. Everything keeps delaying out there. The Wi-Fi LAN certification hasn't started, uh, you know, so no interoperability testing at all. So, therefore, the only place that you can actually get this testing done is from the Meraki, you know, access point standpoint. So, firstly, you get peace of mind and stability. That's the best part. The second part to this, we talked about uh, the multilingual radios. So we've actually got the Bluetooth 5 radio in there. And that's incredible. It's a higher range, higher throughput capacity versus the previous generation of uh, Bluetooth that we had in our Wave 2 APs. And that's that's really amazing. You know, all of these have the same Meraki license and, you know, capabilities that you had from before. So every feature function that carried forward from that there's another new innovation that we've also introduced, and this is partnering with uh, various other, um, you know, ecosystem providers. Something called as open roaming. So let me just give you a quick visual on this. So Simon, when you sort of, you know, transition, uh, you know, when you are flying to a customer site, you actually jump on an airplane. You're sort of, you know, get down. When you get down, whether it's a different country or a different city, you know, your phone automatically connects, you know, to the cellular connection out there. It is super simple, mm -hmm. super easy. Yep. But today, when you are actually connected to an airport, to a sort of, you know, Wi-Fi within a public space, you actually have to look for an SSID. It's an incredibly painful thing. You have to figure out, is it an open SSID? You have to figure out, how do I actually connect to it? What are the kinds of things that you need to do to set it up? This is so painful. 
we decided to sort of, you know, take A to 2.11, U hotspot 2.0, and, you know, innovate on top of that. Yeah, I've heard of that technology, but I haven't really seen much of it out there. Um, so what, what? why do you think that is, and, and what is uh, improved with this new um, approach to it? So with respect to A to 2.11, U and hotspot 2.0, this required, you know, um, a variety of, uh, you know, things to actually happen. It required the phone vendors to actually support this. It required the carriers to actually support it, to turn it on. And this is where it started to get incredibly complicated, incredibly hard. So what we started to do is uh, something very simple. We actually went down to the client devices themselves and to the venue owners themselves. So uh, take a look at this. When we went to Mobile World Congress, um, we had this technology deployed our, on our access points. And um, all the different Samsung 9s and 10s actually support this technology. So within that venue itself, you know, we had turned on this technology. So a combination of those three things meant that if you were a user out there and you actually walked into that venue, your phone will automatically configure and connect to wow. this venue's SSID without you, Simon, having to touch the phone and do anything. That sounds like magic. Exactly. And that is that is the power that we are actually looking for, Simon. This is what we are trying to do. And it is incredible, whether you're at a train station, an airport, uh, you know, public venue like a school, you know, hospital, you know, a stadium, you know, imagine the power of this. These are the kinds of things that we are starting to do, Simon, and goes really above and beyond the standard. I, you know, I... I I think this is, I mean, I said it sounds like magic, it, but it's really what technology is supposed to be doing for us, making our lives easier. And, I, and honestly, the experience you described of, you know, landing and and uh, going into a, a coffee shop or something, looking for an SSID, it's incredibly old school. We've been doing that for years and years now. Uh, and it really, the experience hasn't changed all that much. Um, so I think it sounds like we're finally getting to the point where the experience is a lot more seamless. I, I love it, like how you said it, Simon. This is all about the experience for the end user, and it's, we continue to make it incredibly simple for the IT people as well. That that continues to take it back to our mission statement in Meraki, simplify everything so that our customers can actually focus on their own mission statements. Awesome, I love it. So it's, I think, frankly, I don't know about you listeners, I think this man has earned his time off now. That was a fantastic session. Um, Jivan, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and sharing some of this stuff about Wi-Fi 6 and the new APs. Um, where do people go to find out more about them and to see these all important pictures? I would just say uh, go to www.meraki.com and you should be able to take a look at our uh, all of our exciting new innovations and our beautiful pillow top AP. <laughs> and now, you know, I'm going to go back into my real pillow. Right. You've earned it. Nice job. Thanks a lot, Jivan. Um, so, hey, everyone, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on today's episode. This was literally the very first uh, podcast episode uh, from Cisco Meraki, and I'm really excited to get this out there. Want to hear your feedback, and I want to hear what you want to learn about because we've got a big employee base at this point, and they're all itching to talk to you about uh, what they do for a living. Um, and we want to learn f more from you as well about uh, you know what's important to you. So let us know. And there's a couple of ways you could do that. You can just ping me direct on Twitter at Meraki Simon. 
very easy to find, and I'm all ears all day, every day. Uh, alternatively, we do have a community site. So if you go to community.meraki.com, uh, it's a great place to to go in there and start a conversation. Uh, and it's a place where Meraki uh, folks are always hanging out uh, so that we can try and, uh, and reap that feedback from you and plan some future episodes. Very excited about what's coming next. And like I said, the very next episode will be out in just a couple of weeks from now. And we'll have our general manager, uh, Todd Nightingale, talking to us about you know, really the philosophy behind Meraki and how we like to do things differently. So uh, let's see. Let's wrap things up. Uh, Jivan, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Simon. And uh, we'll just wrap things up now. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll speak to you on the next one. Bye-bye for now.